Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, brought to you by the Wealthy Speaker School. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Hey, well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson, and I'm always thrilled to talk about the path to building your dream speaking business. Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about how to maintain a successful business or job while launching a speaking business. And our special guest expert is someone who's out there doing it. Alex Wire Clark, welcome to the show. Hey, Jay, what's going on? Woo, let's get crazy, get excited. I'm so happy to be on the show. <laughs> now, Alex has his own podcast and he does some kooky things over there. Tell us the name of your podcast before we roll and uh, then I want to hear your story. But tell us the name of the podcast so people can come over and see how to have fun on a podcast. Sure, sure. So it's called the Rapport Advantage Podcast. We talk about b- breaking down the walls of miscommunication and Increasing the way we communicate with others, building that emotional intelligence one person at a time. Yes. I love it. I love it. Now, you have not always had that podcast. You have not always been a paid professional speaker, but you did start out how many years ago with that desire in mind? And tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to where you are today. Awesome. That's a long and lengthy story. So we've got six hours on the pod today. So what we are, six hours? Oh, no, Cliff Notes. Okay, Cliff Notes. Okay, so two minutes or less. Uh, I grew up, as you know, in the educational world uh, professionally when I started out. Back in 95, I was in a classroom, sixth graders, loved being in front of them, loved entertaining them and giving them my wisdom as I taught them science and math and all the things that we taught. Uh, and then I transitioned to the corporate world. I became a, uh, in a management position for a clinic in the western part of North Carolina. My buddy and I uh, started a medical billing business together back in 2003, took that to the world in 2006, still in that role as CEO today. Yes. Um, you know, we've had clients in 23 different states, and so we've been, been fairly successful with that. Mm-hmm. But, but deep down, he knows that my passion is not sitting behind a desk. I don't like spreadsheets. I can't stand the end of the month when I'm doing P&Ls and performers and projections. And I'm, I was put on this planet to influence people in a positive way. So right. he said, dude, you got to get out there and do it, man. And I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. I said, is the company going to die? I said, no, because I can work remotely. That's what I do right now. He right. said, well, work remotely, work on the road, get out there and start building this thing. And so super blessed, fortunate Jane to be able to do that. And I know that that is not 99.9% of the the workplace relationships that most people have, but I've been flexible enough in terms of the way I, I do my work and where I do my work to be able to grow the business starting back in 2017. You know, I think that's a really good point that you're making that some people may not get the blessing of their boss or company to go off and create a side hustle because they think, well, ultimately you're going to leave. But I think companies that are smart will embrace it because when your employees are happy, they're more productive. And what I think a lot of people will find is that they can do uh, their job in a much more compressed time if they were really, uh, if they really needed to. And I think that I, I love the idea of being able to have something to fall back on. How Okay, so let's just establish that you have five children. And so... Go, <laughs> thank you for the sound effects. You got it. It's real. I mean, hashtag the struggle's real. You know, Jane, we've, we've yeah. talked about it before. 
<laughs> and so uh, with five kids at home, what are the ranges and ages? I've got 16 down to six. Six, uh, six to 16. Uh, it's not necessarily an easy thing to say, okay, I'm going to quit my job or I'm going to quit my business and just go do this and start from scratch. So wouldn't you agree that it's been a lovely kind of balance for you starting out that you don't have to really worry about paying the mortgage while you're starting this business? It's definitely that way, Jane. And, and to me, you and I have had these conversations in the past. Everyone defines success differently. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what my success from this particular business was going to be, let's make enough money so that my wife can cut back some of her work hours so she gets to be more of a mom. Right. And so it's not, let's build a million dollar business. That's, that wasn't it for me. And right. so right now we're in that phase where we can do that and kind of grow. But, but you got to know what success is. And so getting back to your question, that, that's where it kind of made sense for me as a jumping off point. Let's start, dip our toe in the water, see if we can make this work with the goal mm-hmm. in mind of, you know, happy wife, happy life kind of situation. Now, was there a moment where you thought, oh, I've planted so many seeds because I do remember, so Alex has <laughs> been a client for my, of mine for a while. And I remember that it took a while to gain traction. And did you ever feel like you wanted to, this was going to be too hard or what was kind of your experience in the early days? Because now that you're on the other side of it, I think you can look back and see it a little differently. Well, I, I never really wanted to, to give up because I just enjoy being in front of people so much. And you know, you and I've had that conversation early on. I, I told you I would do this for free. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, that's great, but we got <laughs> to <put that on. laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> exactly. I said, okay. Okay. Right. So I would do this for free, but, but yeah. in terms of getting out there and getting started, the key Jane, and this is what people that come up and ask me about my success and things like that so far, the key is mentors. You got to have mentors and thank God I had you Jane in May of 2017, we sat down and had our first conversation about what does this look like? Are you willing to pay the price? What are the prices you're willing to do? The sacrifices you're willing to make? Is your wife on board? All those questions that I needed to have answered that I didn't really even think about. We sat down and, and had those conversations and we checked all the boxes and the majority of them were a yes, let's move forward. Yeah. And then from there, you were there to kind of provide the steps along the way and just know that, oh, okay, breathe, breathe. Yeah. And so, you know, when you, when you, when you read Wealthy Speaker 2.0 and you saw, okay, new emerging speakers, one to three years you know that you're not going to have something like way in six months that's, Hey, I've got you five figures here. Life's great. That's, that's just not the way it works for Mm -hmm. everybody. So Mm -hmm. that was hugely comforting for me. Okay. So you knew that it was going to take three years to get up and going and you hit on some things that helped you fast track. Let's talk about what some of the, uh, smaller or bigger flashpoints have been for you. I would say your podcast has been one of them when you, Podcast has been really good. Um, and I haven't gotten a, a ton of business from that, but mm-hmm. exposure, credibility, that of course, and, and my new book that, that's out right now really pounds the credibility pavements when you're meeting with, you know, a, a college or, you know, you meet with an association like, well, do you, yes, I do have a book. Well, do you, yes, I do have a podcast. Before they can ask those <laughs> questions, you just plop that out there. So that's nice. a ton of, of seed work and tons of time getting that done. We've got the Rapport Advantage as your podcast. What's the name of your book? 
The book is the same title. So I'm what? keeping that brand uniform, The Report Vantage, Transforming the Way Leaders Communicate. So there you go. So, okay. So that leads us to a really good topic of uh, everything that you have done has had rapport, building rapport in the title somewhere. Talk about how important it has been for you to pick a lane. Oh, gosh. Um, that's... That is such a thing that that people don't understand when they first start. It's it's like, hey, but I I gotta I gotta put foot on the table. I gotta do this. I'll go speak to these people about leadership. No, 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 no. teamwork over here. Oh, no, 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 no. Dynamic communication. And so you're just scatterbrained. Right. Um, can't really focus on anything. So when I did this whole rapport thing, and we we went through walked through your sheet and walked through all the buzzwords that generate, you know, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. We came up with that rapport advantage, and and no one had it out there, and and just using that and becoming that brand. I'm the rapport guy now, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's just kind of who I am. And so when people look up rapport, whatever, I'm, I'm just all over the, the net with that. And so the, the SEO makes that, makes that good too, but it's so, so helpful in terms of giving you an anchor. And the analogy I like to use is that anchor holds you in place and keeps you from getting rocked and shifted early on. But then that anchor can be picked up once you get more established and move to other areas. So we call it right. like, like rapport university and you build brands underneath that overall anchoring brand. Okay. And, and what I was going to say was that uh, rapport could have lots of applications. Uh, the rapport advantage for leaders, yes. the rapport advantage in teams. I mean, there's lots of ways to use what it is that you do. And uh, one of the frameworks for the work that you do has been the DISC. People, yes. A lot of people probably know uh, something about the four quadrants of the DISC and the training that is available. And would you say that that gave you another advantage because you really understood behavioral styles a little bit differently and that was a good place for you to start for sure. I don't know if in 10 years you'll still be using it, but it's good. It was a good thing to start with, wouldn't you say? It's a great starting point. And when you combine that, oh yeah, I've done that before. I've taken that in the past. And you combine that with a kick butt speech, which again, well, this bigger 2.0, it starts with an epic speech. Once you have that, then you build entertainment in there. You build humor in there. And it's unlike any disc thing that anyone has ever seen before. Like, oh my God, I got to have you come back and talk to my people. <laughs> uh, because that's just the, the way that it kind of morphs and develops. Good, good, good. Now, we just uh, talked to uh, Gare Maxwell about Vistage. He was a, uh, we were talking about Vistage and video in terms of, um, in terms of boosting your career, Vistage has been uh, something in your world. How did you get in with them and what has it meant to you to be a Vistage speaker? So I started with Vistage as a CEO of my medical billing company about almost six years ago. It'll be six years ago this December. Okay, so you were a member I of Vistage. And let's let's tell everybody, just in case they didn't hear the Gary Maxwell podcast, tell everybody what Vistage is all about. This is, is a fantastic peer CEO group. And so what we do as, as CEOs, we come together at a table, we all sign confidentiality agreements, and we talk about the things with like-minded people that we can't talk about within our own organizations. So, hey, here's an issue that's coming up in my business that, that's a challenge for me. Or here's an opportunity. We had a, a gentleman at one time who wanted to buy another company. We processed that with him. Uh, and then we had another lady who was facing um, some 
possible legal challenges and walked her through that. So Vistage gives you an opportunity to have a lot of insight from a lot of different minds around the room to be able to process issues and opportunities so that you've got, okay, it's not just me out here on this island. It's us together working towards a goal and it makes our, our company that much stronger, communications better, profits increase and, and all that kind of good stuff. Right, right. And would you say that being a member of Vistage was helpful in terms of having you become a speaker for them? Uh, it was. It was because my uh, facilitator for our group, my group leader, uh, Mr. Brett Pyle, was also a Vistage speaker at the time. He had just been on the circuit for, mm, I don't know, two years or so uh, speaking with Vistage. And I'd made some presentations to our group in the past and said, oh, dude, you got to do this for a living, man. You're so good at it and that kind of thing. And so he was able to hook me up with other Vistage chairs um, that said, hey, I've got a new speaker. He's great. He's in my group. Give him a shot. And so again, that mentor again, Brett was kind of one of my early mentors alongside with you uh, about here's how you do it. Here's how you work through that process and here are the things that they're going to mm -hmm. be looking for. And that was very, very advantageous. Really helpful to have that mentor. Now we know, we talked about this on the other podcast that Vistage doesn't always pay the big giant fees, but has it paid paid off for you in terms of business and getting spinoff and, and uh, changing your book of business? It, it certainly has. Um, it's probably my best source for my book of business right now comes from Vistage because I'll come in and I'll be speaking with 15 to 16 decision makers, CEOs of major companies. Right. Who it's like a showcase every time. That's exactly right. Every single time, Jane, it's basically your marketing. You're getting paid to market your business. Right. And, 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 and so cut that part of the podcast out because that's our, that's our <laughs> secret weapon because I get to spend three hours with these people. I entertain them. I'm informing them and they come out saying, oh man, dude, I, I got to have you come back to our, our company. And let's do this thing. If nothing else, take some of your assessments, do it with my team, in, implement it in my hiring process, that kind of thing. So the vibe that you get, you never have to go through a, a VP of HR, VP of sales. You have an immediate decision maker who can say, budget, Psst, I don't care about that. Let's go, man. We got to get this guy. He's awesome. Well, let's go. So that's, so All right. You've always, us, you've always told us, Jane, that you got to get at least, you know, one to two spinoffs for every time that you get on the stage. Mm -hmm. I'm averaging one and a half gigs per six, per about 14 people. Okay. So, that's so good. That, so that to me, as opposed to an audience of a hundred, if I might get, you know, two or three or four, but from an audience of 15 to 16, if I'm getting one and a half, I'm, I'm you're I'm, happy with that I'm very happy with that and does uh, Vistage ever do any larger events with like big conventions and things like that they they don't necessarily do Vistage conventions they do larger group things they have what they call all city and they have some regional events okay a massive like you know come to this conference where it's you know 20,000 people or anything all like city that. and regional okay very good very good okay so we've heard some of your goofball antics here on this show so far hey, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> yeah and uh, I want to talk to you about when you're actually out there this is a little bit off topic it's a bit of a squirrel for me what uh, I want to know how you balance that. Okay, so you're standing in front of a Vistage audience, and I know you, you're going to show up and you're going to want to have fun with these people. How do you balance that with the serious business people? That's a great point, Jane. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of how I do that, but I can't spoil it because if any of my Vistage people out there are listening, they're going to they're do that. So what I do is in the first 10 to 15 minutes of every talk, yeah. generally it's in about the first five to seven, but generally in the first 10 to 15 minutes, what I will do is I will strategically place 
points of rapport building that are intentional for each style. So I've got something that hits the D's. I've got something that hits the I's, something that hits the S's and the C's. And so what I do is I come back to that at the end of my talk and I'll say, unbeknownst to you, (laughs) doing this and modeling for you how you need to reach an audience where you don't know what styles you're dealing with. And so I say, okay, D's, here's what I did. They're like, oh, dirty rat. And then I'm like, (laughs) I did, we're throwing candy and we're doing all. And so, and I place all of those things within the first part. I, I load up the C's with facts. Right. And, and, you know, here's why communication is important. Throw up websites and data and data, 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 because they love that. So right. you do that. You're modeling like, ah, he hooked me. And I didn't even know he was hooking me. And right. so that, that's the power of, you know, using that emotional intelligence piece for any audience. Okay. You've got to be able to attract them in marketing, in PR. It can't just be about facts. It can't just be about fluff. It's got to be a balance of both. Okay. Very good. Well, well uh, responded to. I kind of throw you, threw you under the bus there and you, you, Challenge accepted. (laughs) Ah, Let's go. What else you got for me? All right. I want to talk to you about some of the things that you did and how you balance uh, the family and running your business and the speaking. So let's talk about some of the things that you did in the early days to hit traction. What were some key points where you started to see a shift? So... From a traction standpoint, you know, I always go back and think about uh, about Kendra Hall and and how she did it with email, and mine was done with through handshakes. Okay, so I didn't care who I talked to, how I talked to, um, Ant Farmers of America, Rotary <laughs> Club. I don't care who you are, what you were. I was just out there to shake a hand and let them see me and hear me. So okay, so my- you actually did like. You said, I'm going to go out and showcase for a period of time. How long yes. did you decide to do the freebie circuit for? Uh, probably about six months, six-ish okay. months. Six months. And what you recognized was that your superpower, and you know what, I haven't pulled this into the list of possibilities. We have, you know, maybe you're great on telephone, maybe you're great by email, maybe you're great in person. And I've always thought about the in-person one being networking, but maybe this last one is maybe your greatest gift is your actual speech. And that's the way that you're going to get booked over and over again. Okay. So you went out for six months and you said, I'll speak to anyone who will listen for these first six months. And then what happened? And so from there, I started doing, you know, all these association gigs that were pro bono breakout kind of sessions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so people were leaving my, my sessions saying like, oh, this guy should have been the keynote. Oh, this is like the best thing we've heard all weekend and that kind of thing. And so that buzz I would get from the meeting planner or the meeting professionals afterwards, like, dude, we, you know, we got to have you back next year and things like that. So I booked a and I would book a freebie and then I would come back and book at the keynote. And now I'm in year three of doing that. And I just booked a private event for a university in Georgia based upon that first freebie talk. So it's all about the staging aspect of it. Okay. So you're seeing spinoff and your, uh, part of your philosophy has been there's no better marketing than a great speech. And that's really paying off for you. I love that. Okay. What were some other things that you have done kind of in the meantime? So from, from the meantime, what I was doing was I was planting not direct seeds, but indirect seeds, the podcast, working on the book, all of those things, building my online course, which I'm, I'm hopefully going to be rolling out here in, in Q4, all Great. of those things beh- behind the scenes so that when I am in front of someone, boop, 
here's my book, things like that. And oh, oh, Jane, oh, Jane, I, I got to share this. This is uh, again, squirrel. We're both squirrels, right? You know, <laughs> this is a super squirrel moment I got from, from NSA. So, um, uh, Lori and, and Joyce and, and had a great, uh, a, a great little, um, uh, a little seminar webinar type of thing where they were talking about how to use your book. And so, if I was on, if I was on the stage, I would be making a point and I would say, I would just, and let me just read you something from my book here. And they pull out their book and they read directly from it, from right. the stage. I was right. like, ah! I mean, I was like, you know, mind blown. Twice <laughs> now. And people come up to me like, no, you do have your book with you today to sell, right? I'm like, well, yes, I do. Yeah. So that, that was cool. So, so going to NSA was a, a, a huge thing in terms of my journey, but that's again, I'm in year three. I don't need to go at NSA when I'm at month two. Mm-hmm. That would be just super overwhelming. So getting back to your, your, your question, trying to figure out what I need to do after that. So I'm, I'm planting these indirect seeds so that my credibility, my credibility is being built as I go through so that what I, when I am on the stage, now I am positioning myself as an expert. Mm-hmm. So that's the key. As you talked about so many moons ago was you got to position yourself as an expert first, then you can be an author, then you can be a speaker, then you can be whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those indirect seeds are now paying dividends because now I have tons of content to put out on YouTube or, you know, I can hook up on Twitter and, and just pop that out anytime I want to, to, to build that credibility and start growing my network and my sphere of influence. Beautiful. And I'm really glad that you brought up the idea of being an expert versus a speaker. So you're the rapport guy now, rather than uh, Alex Swire Clark speaker, uh, because speaking is just one of the ways that you distribute your knowledge. You do that through your podcast, through your books, through any other uh, online course and what have you that you're doing. And so um, when you identify as a speaker first, I think that tends to the the website, what our goal is that the website doesn't say hire me, I'm a speaker, that the the website says, here's the problem I'm going to help you solve. And I believe that that's what your website has done. That's right. It says, yeah. I work with organizations that want to improve their emotional intelligence to transform the way they communicate and reduce conflict. Beautiful. That's, that's so you're thing. really helping them solve problems and people right. will pay to solve problems. That's right. Positioning statements are key. Learn that at NSA too, along with my <laughs> You already knew that. We just called them uh, the promise statement. That's and right. You've That's already right. had one. <laughs> That's right. And so, one thing that triggered my brain, if I if I may, Jane, and, and that sure. was early on. If you remember during our conversations, um, I was kind of struggling with picking my lane, and so I was trying to. It's almost like grace. Like, how do you define the word grace? It's kind of nebulous and, but picking my lane was a struggle for me until I realized that my lane can have several mediums that was kind of the light bulb for me is like, Oh, you know, my, my lane is emotional intelligence, but my mediums are the platform, my online course, my podcast. And so that for me, that right. delineation of those two terms really helped me to get those things straightened out. And I think a lot of new starting speakers can be so overwhelmed with website and everything else. And you say, pick a lane right. and I understand what you mean. And, and you understand what you're putting out there. But for me, just that whoa, light bulb moment was the the mediums are the little spokes underneath the umbrella in your book uh, of how to get that done. 
For so. sure. And that's why we spend a lot of time in the new Wealthy Speakers School. We spend a lot of time on that area just to make sure that people are really clear on the value that they're bringing to, to the table and what their promise is and how they are going to get in front of the right people to let them know what their promise is. All right. If you were starting over and you could tell yourself however many years prior, at the beginning of all of this, a little piece of advice. What piece of advice would you give to yourself? Get a mentor early. Mm -hmm. Trust the process. Mm. And trust yourself. You can't be somebody else on a stage. Because that in authenticity, whew, that's a big word, and that's my, not a meal word, but that <laughs> lack of being authentic will show up in a heartbeat. Right. And so as you learn to speak and you start to add things and remove things from your speech, oh, let me just try this punchline. Let me just try this thing. If, if you're not going out there being authentic in who you are, you're going to flop so hard. And so you mentioned earlier, so how do you do this with the facts and, and all these CEOs and things like that? Mm -hmm. I know their personality styles going in because I have them take assessments, but I try not to look at them too much. Right. What I do is I just be Alex. I be this wacky, goofy, <laughs> crazy person <laughs> that's going to give them value and give them tactical things that the moment they walk out that door, they're going to be saying, oh, we can do this in our organization today. And if right. I'm doing that then my scores are always going to be high and the, the spinoff business is going to be high because I am who I am. And I don't want to, I'm going to be professional businessman. Mm -hmm. as I'm oh, that's such a good point that you make about being authentic, you know, and, and it's good that you recognize the yeehaw without the solid content probably wouldn't fly, but because you're giving them such good value they're excited to go along with you for the ride, I think. That's right. It's content plus delivery. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. it. You can't, yeah. you can't just be all fluff and it can't just be all content because all that's content right. is dry. And, oh, oh, oh. I mean, nobody wants that. No, forget it. So. <laughs> all right. Well, Alex, uh, let's talk about where people can get a hold of you. Sure. They can go to alexswire-clark.com. They can go to reportadvantage.com. Uh, all that stuff will get you to where you need to go to contact me and I'm right. out there on the interwebs and ready to help you. <laughs> Alex, thank you for your time today. That is most appreciated. Jane, you know I would run through a brick wall for you, lady. <laughs> I mean, you are, you're my lady. So my sensei, my mentor. Um, guys, if you haven't got her book, get the book. All I mean, right. just get the dumb book. It's great. It's awesome. I mean, I've got, <laughs> I've got all kind of quotes. I mean, Vince Vicente right here. Scale your IP. Scale your IP. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you real? You know, so, Jane, you're amazing. All right. Thank you for the lovely plug at the end. And thank you, wealthy speakers, for listening in. Uh, with that, we will say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, you'll want to come and visit us at the Wealthy Speakers School, where we provide a proven roadmap for building your dream business. Go to WealthySpeakerSchool.com. And for show notes for today's podcast, head on over to SpeakerLauncher.com and click on podcast. I'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers.